The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Scott's going to be representing the Pink Pig today because he is at home returning a bunch of dogs because we've had a lot of cancellations. And it's hot out there, you guys. Oh, my gosh. The 90s, not a joke a especially here in Maine and New England and everything else. And I didn't want to blow you guys off. We didn't have a podcast in the can. So here I am. We are going to talk about compassion fatigue today. I feel like a lot of us are feeling it. So let's chat it up. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. All right. And my quirky tip today is my new ring. I'm so excited about my ring. I posted this on Facebook, um, I think on Friday. It's an aura ring. It's not spelled like that. It's O and then U with the little thing on top and then R-A. But it's this ring that senses your sleep. So this is great. So I've been dealing with some insomnia. A lot of women, a lot of people, a lot of everything deal with insomnia, right? Life is stressful. Let's balance the coffee. And what's best for the REM? Should I have weed before I go to bed? Should I have wine before I go to bed? Should I have special tea? Like we're all trying to figure out what works best. So this ring is super cool because it measures your sleep, your readiness and your activity level. So it will tell you like, whoa, you didn't sleep great. Like take it a little bit easier today. It'll tell you like, hey, you killed it. Here's your workout. It's monitoring your heart rate the whole time and everything else. So I love my ring. If at all you have any sleep trouble, I would definitely look into the ring. But I want to focus more on compassion fatigue as it is seen in our industry these days because we're feeling it. Scott and I are sitting up here every week, like just pouring out our hearts and souls to you guys, like trying to talk to you about what we're going through, about what we see our dogs going through, about what we see our client dogs going through, what we see our clients going through. And we're all going through a lot. The world isn't super easy. And groomers are feeling it. Vets are feeling it. Veterinary technicians are feeling it. It's not just like, oh yeah, it's just hard for trainers. Like working with animals right now is hard. And I'm not sure why and who knows why and who really cares. But I think when we had COVID and everyone's just at home, we started making a lot of connections just online and through our screens. And, you know, we, we didn't know how to reach out and we missed our coworkers and we missed our friends and we missed our clients and everything else. So we really kind of made our circles less um, of a community in person, if that makes sense. So like we enjoy coming to the podcast because we get to see our friends here. Like we like Chrissy. We like the guys that are cigar reps downstairs. We love Dave who has it. Community is important. So rejoining up in groups is a really important thing to consider. And I just want to talk through a few of these things here today because we have been feeling it um, for years and a lot of like the big wigs in the industry are like, hey, I'm out. I sold my business. Hey, I'm out. I sold my business. And We would really like to keep working in person and showing up here for you to help you guys because there's a need for help. Like we just see it day in, day out, everything else. So that's kind of where we're talking. That's where we're headed. If you think I already talked too much on the podcast anyway, then just skip to an old one or tune out now. No big deal. So um, one thing I want to bring up is what makes you feel better. And this isn't so much like major healing modalities, right? It's ironic that We came up with Canine Healing to be our online business name when we were coming up with the podcast because healing is like a deep, deep, like internal thing to me, right? Like trauma release, like you just feel better. These are just like little things here and there that you do because if there's nothing else that I can tell you guys is that doing this for over 10 years, having over... 
I'd say over a dozen dogs every day for every day of the past 10 years in some sort of capacity and everything else. And those are not always my dogs, of course. I'm watching other people's dogs. Compassion fatigue is a thing. It's really hard to care for all of these things, keep all of these things alive, and then also care for myself. And if you don't do anything to care for yourself, you're going to crack. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I'm not trying to be a fatalist. I'm not trying to be negative. That's just the bottom line. So um, some things that you could consider doing, what makes you feel better? So one thing I wrote down, I went to Starbucks and had a little meeting with myself this morning, like an old college girl. So um, one thing that you might really feel better in is nature, right? Like how good is it to just like have the leaves blowing and the trees and the birds singing and everything else? You don't have to be near an ocean. It doesn't matter where you live. I don't care if you live in the middle of the desert, but just getting out, breathing in nature, breathing in that sun, like that is a good way to restore, even if it's legit just two minutes. Like if you get off of a very, very temperamental phone call or a nasty client, or whatever else. Like, just take two minutes to get outside of your car and go into nature. Nature is a huge thing. And I want to talk about nature versus like vacationing, right? Because it's always like, oh yeah, like we should go vacation and do this great hike. Let's do Everest. Let's go to the, you know, White Mountains. Let's do this. Vacations are great. And Scott and I love vacations. We don't go on enough vacations. We don't have enough time to go on vacations and everything else. But you don't need to go to a freaking, you know, $15,000 resort to have a nice time and get away. If you just sit out in nature for five or 10 minutes, you may feel that to be very restorative in and of itself. So nature is one thing I wrote down. Training. This is an interesting one. So um, I don't know, a few months ago, I was like kind of a little spinny at night. And I'm like, God, why can't I sleep? What's going on? So I woke up and I made a list. What are three things that I can do just to write myself? And that was go to the gym, you know, start getting stronger and healthier again. I wasn't getting crazy overweight, but I like to have muscle tone. I like to feel good. I like to have a nice core, everything else. Work on the podcast and then train my dogs popped up because it sounds crazy. And I know, oh, we're dog trainers and everything else. We don't have a lot of time to train our own dogs anymore. We're just very busy helping other people work with their dogs and everything else. So when I say training, That might mean for me, like legit working my dinner routine with my dogs. So maybe I bring both my girls down. I put them in sits. I do this. I release one first. I love to go back to um, our bench every day. I bring both the dogs. I took a video actually this weekend. I'll try to post on Instagram. Um, where, you know, they just run to the bench, they run back. I do recalls randomly, downs randomly, everything else. That is training. Whatever capacity you want to train in, if training is like what your passion is, then do that. If your passion is going and competing and getting ribbons, that's totally fine too. But if you're already burnt out and then you're deciding now to go to that three-day trial or that four-day trial or whatever else, and maybe your dog's not performing as well, or you're not showing up as well for your dog, or the community there isn't feeling good, maybe that's not the best move. So be conscious of training versus competing, or even the training that you're doing. Are you doing it just to compete? There are so many different ways that we can train and we can do things and everything else. I think that's one reason that Scott and I have always clicked really well is because like the dog does something. I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Um, Oh, my dog, Vital. This is a good example. So Vital likes to do this thing where she's like, okay, if I do a sit, maybe I'll get a treat. So she does like straight sit, right? So if we go and put her on her mat when Scott's making breakfast in the morning, she'll literally be behind him like doing like straight sit and then like straight sit and then like straight sit because she wants a cookie. 
which super cute, super funny. But to us, it's like, oh, look, Vital just did that. That's awesome. That's like a little like thing that we can laugh about. We don't care that she's not going to like compete at the nationals next week, all of that stuff. So be careful of training to compete versus just training because training itself should be enjoyable and fun for your dog. You're teaching your dog to learn. You're connecting with your dog, everything else. Okay, baths. Ice baths or hot baths, whatever you want to do. So I'm a pretty big bath girl. I always have been. I don't know why that is, but um, I like a super hot bath. As you guys well know at this point in time, Scott and I frequently get into the ice now. So if, if you can regulate your body temperature some way, shape, or form, right? If you're feeling super hot, maybe you're clearing, you don't have a fever. Maybe if you get into the ice, you'll feel better. Maybe if you take a super hot shower, your body will release some stuff. A lot of people love the infrared saunas. Scott and I do not own one, but we definitely go and use those frequently. You're sitting in really high temperatures for 15, 20 minutes, just releasing all that toxins, all that crap out of your body. Consider that, okay? So either way, if you don't like baths, that's fine, but a little bath time can sometimes really be life-changing. Another thing um, I put on here was wine. (laughs) I like wine. The funny thing about me is if they stopped making uh, red wine, I probably wouldn't drink alcohol ever again. I like the taste of red wine. If they're just serving barefoot at a restaurant, I'm not even going to order it. I don't, I'm not trying to be nasty. I'm not trying to be all elitist. I like a good glass of red wine. The interesting thing about heading to things like food or wine or even shopping, right? Sometimes shopping makes us feel better. Like, oh, like, what can I do? Like, let me, let me get this new shirt and I'll feel better when I wear this new shirt tomorrow. Mel Robbins said this the other day on Instagram and it was interesting. If you're eating too much, if you're drinking too much, if you're shopping too much, just take a break. Like, just take a break from it all for a second and let yourself reset. A lot of people do sober October. A lot of people do dry January, the first month of the year, all these things. If you're just spending and spending and spending and spending, give yourself a week where you don't. Make sure these things aren't becoming compulsive. So the same thing can go for drinking as well, obviously. I'm not saying reach back to drinking, reach back to what works, like throw down a bunch of drinks to exist, but know what makes you well and know what writes you well. Okay, going out to eat um, or takeout. This is a good one. If you have a veterinary clinic or a grooming business or you're a dog trainer and you're a mother and you you know have a full half part-time job somewhere else I don't care how it all pieces together and you're constantly making dinner I love making dinner it's mindful it's great it's awesome give yourself a break sometimes and get takeout or have your husband make dinner Scott's like a stir-fry pizza king now um you know go out to eat if it's going to be nice and convenient give yourself a break don't put so much pressure on yourself that just because this vegetable is going to you know spoil by the next day you have to use it tonight that's a really important one um get a massage this is good for the dogs, people, everything else. You need to release that crap out of your body. It's similar to saunas and everything else. So when there's a lot of tension, you know, tension is just stress, basically. Whatever it's, wherever it's coming from, rather than necessarily run to the doctor right away, maybe get a massage, maybe work some stuff out. The only massage therapists I work with, honestly, are ones that know me pretty well, and they know my life story better than most people in my life. So just be conscientious of that. Journaling, this is a good one. So if you don't know how to say it, if you don't know what you're feeling, if you don't have someone to talk to, write it on a piece of paper. And that's okay. Like you can literally come home and be like, I cannot believe that I joined this profession and I just had to put down five dogs today and four of them I had to do alone. Whatever the story is, if it seems so dark and so deep, just write it down. Get it off of your mind. Get it off your chest. Put it on paper. Um, Therapy. 
Therapy is a good one. <laughs> I have been to therapy. Scott has been to therapy. We've been to couples therapy. Therapy is not um, just like one of those things like, oh, they're going to therapy. There's a lot of online therapy. There's a lot of online coaching. There's a lot of online things to do. Talk through your shit. The more that you can talk about things and release things, the longer you can live. So if you're really feeling down and out and you've never talked to somebody before, just go talk to somebody. If you hate them, who cares? Don't go back. If you found somebody online that you can connect with, great. Personally, I have been, you know, having a hard go this summer. It's been very, very, very busy. I was so down last month that I I didn't know how to write myself with my body. Like all the tools that I'd normally use weren't going well. I was just having all this physical pain. Everything else was insane. Like I was like, oh my God, am I going to have a freaking stroke? What's going on? I came in, I listened to a Dear Gabby podcast about body trauma and (laughs) I felt better. So wherever you can find your yayas and you're feeling better and your therapy, if you will, go. Um, Music. This is interesting. So if you like music, uh, you used to like a certain band, something else. Your kids don't like it. Your wife doesn't like it. Anything. Go and find it on your own. Music doesn't mean going out to the clubs anymore and being out until 3 a.m. and everything else. But music is a way to sing, dance, make joy, everything else. And it's great for the dogs as well. So if you're in the car, going to work, just listening to NPR, maybe throw on your favorite freaking song from when you were, you know, in your prime, in your teen, whatever, whatever your prime was, whatever's going on in your life, think about listening to some music. Um, people, this is a good one, you guys. So a lot of times people bring up our energy, right? And that's important. We need that, but it needs to be the right type of people. So if the people that are working with you at your veterinary clinic are just consistently burning you out, if all of your dog training clients are consistently burning you out, if your circle of childhood friends is consistently burning you out, if your family's burning you out, I don't care who it is, where it is, why it is, Find the right people to make you feel better and bring you up. Don't just be around people because you don't want to be alone. Be around people who are going to make you soar into that next dimension and give you the energy you need and give you the support you need to actually feel better in that moment. And then the last thing I'm going to mention on this list before I go to break is medication. Um, I don't, I've taken an Ativan or a Xanax here or there before. Maybe some people who listen think I should be heavily medicated and I, whatever, I don't even care. But outside of that, I do want to bring up this point because I'm really kind of a stickler about medication sometimes on this podcast. And I just mentioned Mel Robbins, so I'll mention her husband, Chris. The Robbins are great people and I think they're doing a lot for the world. But he just posted on Instagram the other day, when year, one year has passed since I accepted my battle with depression. To combat the issue, I applied every known physical, emotional, nature, and synthetic solution. Diet, nature, exercise, meditation, medication, to end any and all substance abuse, writing, talk therapy, psychedelic, psychedelic assisted journey work, research and reading, you name it, I did it. It took another six months and some inspiration from my therapist and my wife to post your pill and publicize my struggle. There was a big post your pill hashtag going around on Instagram. There was still doubt in my admission back then, but I was beginning to see more clearly, particularly in my role in cloaking the truth. Some of you reacted vehemently to my post, suggesting that my pill prescription was my secret to keep. Others wondered if my wife bullied me to go public. Neither is accurate. After, search, after much searching, it's more obvious than ever, I did always suffer from high-functioning depression, probably for the better part of my life. More importantly, I spent 30 plus years really fucking scared of the what ifs, external opinions, getting it right, finding purpose. Addiction to alcohol and weed, among other things, helped me ignore my pain, hide from others, lose my place, and yet I didn't know I was suffering. So you can go through and you can read the whole post, and it was a very honest post, but he posted his pill of Prozac last year and was like, I've done all I know how to do. I'm going on Prozac to feel better. This is important. However, he lists what he's still doing, and 
every day, even though he's gotten rid of the Prozac now, and I'm not suggesting anyone get off Prozac or take your dog off Prozac. If it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But he said, I engage in weekly therapy with two different professionals. I exercise daily, at least 60 minutes, aerobic yoga, weight, cycling, running, hiking, skiing. I meditate daily. I journal frequently. I fell in love with ice baths. Woo-woo! Ice baths, Wim Hof. Um, I changed my diet to be less fatty and carb heavy. I gave up smoking pot, drinking alcohol a year ago after I realized these were bad addictions. Uh, They were actually a dark hole. I engaged in several psychedelic guided journeys, um, invested a whole lot of time in integration work. So these are people out there that like you look at, you're like, God, they seem so happy. God, they must have had great parents. God, they must have inherited a ton of money. No, these are real people doing real things, making real progress for the world. But that's how much work it takes sometimes to keep yourself as um, right as possible on your path. All right, we're going to go to break super quick. And then when we come back, 15 more minutes of Jess. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog podcast like me and Murphy here? then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to The Madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. Okay, I got Chrissy and Murphy here with me too, so I don't feel so lonely. We'll have Scotty back next week. And next week, I think next week is uh, Noelle's coming. We're going to film her last series, so I'm super excited to have her out in Maine. She hasn't been out here since we moved from Mass to Maine. Um, I do want to touch on super quick about loss because um, I understand that we love our dogs more than sometimes our children or our spouses or ourselves. I don't know. I'm not trying to overstep, but like, I understand that like people out there deeply love their animals. So for veterinary professionals, for, um, you know, people that are having to help have these dogs pass for people who have lost their dogs, what do you do with that type of loss? And I want to touch on that because it's, it's easy to get in this pattern of like, I don't know how to function anymore without Sarge. And that sounds crazy, right? Like it sounds like, okay, like the dog's been dead for four years, just three years, get on, get on it. It's okay to say that it's okay to deal with that. It's okay to recognize that, but then do something for it. So for Sarge specifically, I have this really nice necklace that I got from a good friend. It has um, some of his blood in it. So when he was getting euthanized, I took some of his blood out. So I'll wear this on hard days. I really missed my childhood heart dog, Zoe. Like it was, it was hard. Zoe had gotten me through a lot. She passed away my senior year of college. If any of you know my history, Zoe, like made me me, right? Like she really got me through a lot of things. I was missing her a lot. It was a year after she had passed. I still was having a hard time coping. I got a tattoo behind my ear, uh, behind my right ear. So then when I started to do this, soothe myself when I was really missing her is I would just touch that tattoo. It didn't have any of her ashes in it. It wasn't anything crazy, but I at least would have a way to connect to her. Same thing if I'm having a super hard day. I wore the necklace today because it matched my bra strap and my shirt, but whatever. The necklace, I <laughs> it's good to be able to hold today too. If I have a big event and something really important happening, a super hard day coming, I have to navigate a hard thing. I have my necklace and I can just hold it. And it's not that like, oh my God, I can't do this without Sarge. Oh my God, I can't do this without Zoe. But it gives me something to ground myself with. So if you're feeling that, when Sarge passed away specifically, and I'm blessed, Sarge lived longer than he was supposed to, but I had a random stranger on Facebook write me and he was like, you know, I've been watching your posts and you seem like pretty clinically depressed over this dog passing away. So I was like, all right, I better (laughs) 
never back off on the public post. But like, if you're feeling this, like, oh, it's not getting better. I miss them so much. Do something to give yourself some help to work through it. Because not everyone understands how important dogs are to us, right? Like they do not understand that they are really like the lifeblood sometimes of our day-to-day life, our week-to-week life, our year-to-year life and everything else. And all dogs are important. We love all of our dogs, but some are more special than others. So when those really important ones pass, sometimes you need something to help yourself through it. And client loss, you guys, like if you are dog trainers or you are groomers or obviously the vets, you know, are going through the client loss on the deepest level with them, have a way to help them through it. Like if they just text you and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Say sorry. Say something nice about the dog. Have a story. If you have an old picture, send it. Give them a little bit of time to feel that too. Because every time someone loses an animal, even if it's not an animal that lived on the podium, even if it's not, you know, a well-bred animal, even if it's not an animal that they've had since they were a child and did all these amazing things for their lives, it's still a really terrible thing. So please help your clients through that because they don't always know how to navigate it. Honestly, I did a quirky dog when I was doing Patreon, excuse me, for the quirky dog. Um, One of the monthly articles was about coping. And Scott had actually written an article about these medicine bags that he got when Sergeant Bam passed. And he put a little lock of hair in each of them and they actually are in the forerunner. So when he drives, like they were with them, whatever you can do to give yourself a way to honor your animal, respect your animal. It doesn't have to be a religious thing, but in somewhat of a spiritual sense, it may make you feel better. So be conscious of that. Um, I got to go back to Mel one more time. So Mel's on the, um, beach yesterday with her husband, Chris Robbins, as she walks, she's walking and it's all foggy. And she goes, you know, sometimes we have hard days and it's okay. Like you have to feel it. And you do, if you're having a hard day, stop trying to pick yourself up. Stop trying to tell your kids you're fine. Stop working through all of that. Call, take some, you know, personal time for yourself, cancel a family event, give your kids to your husband for the day, whatever it is, do something. But she said, feel it today and then schedule something that you like and that you're excited about tomorrow. So be conscious of that, that you're putting things into your life that are infusing joy, that are infusing energy and the right kind of energy. Please don't just go friggin' pop fentanyl or, you know, shoot out. Like, I'm not saying that type of healing. I'm saying like, not that type of temporary feeling better. I'm saying find things that you know pump you up and make your soul feel good and then get that going. And ironically, Noelle coming is going to be one of those things. I don't know if it's next week or the week after. Maybe it's the week after. I don't know. Noelle, if you're watching, tell me when you're coming. Your, (laughs) Your PT room's already. Okay, so what can we do to help ourselves what, what kind of more tools can we have? Not what does Jess go to? What is Jess like? What kinds of things has she used to help herself in times of extreme stress and everything else? If you have compassion fatigue, and I don't think I read the definition for that. I didn't, right, Chrissy? Okay, good. I got Chrissy here as my sidekick. This is good. Um, compassion fatigue, based on what Wikipedia says, is a condition characterized by emotional and physical exhaustion, leading to a diminished ability to empathize or feel compassion for others, often described as the negative cost of caring. It's sometimes referred to secondary traumatic stress, STS, um, and like burnout and STS, I guess, are woven together. So whatever, that's coming from Wikipedia. So you're burnt out, right? Oh my God, I have to help this person. I have to help this kid. I have to help this friend. I have to do this. Well, start to say no, first of all. Like start to 
put your boundaries there and say like, okay, if this person needs to call me at 3 a.m., my phone will be on for them. Otherwise, my phone sleeps on airplane mode. If this person needs me in my time of, you know, trial and stress, I'll be there for them. Otherwise, I'll say, hey, I'll get back to you tomorrow. Like really prioritize who you're giving your energy to and how much. And I want to bring up this course that uh, Gabor Matei does. I don't know if I say his name right. It might be Gabor. I don't know. I got to start learning how to say all the things in the podcast, the rings and the people. But um, he has a course called Compassion Inquiry. Scott actually took it a few years ago. It's an amazing thing, especially for practitioners to when you're feeling that like, burnout and like, shit, how am I going to help them? And like even survive myself. And how am I going to keep all of this afloat? Be inquiring, be inquisitive about how you can show compassion, right? So like sometimes when I'm having like my worst freaking day ever and I want to wear sunglasses so the Starbucks attendant doesn't see how tired I am, I pay for the freaking person behind me just to do it. I'm not trying to be like, yay, Jess is the best person. But that little thing alone makes me feel like, all right, well, at least I made the person that's coming to Maine for the weekend feel a little bit better. So compassionate inquiry, I think it's like a $300 course. He has a lot of good things to say. And he helps a lot of people that are in the therapy profession, that are in these professions, that are helping people, giving them all of their compassion, teachers, everything else. Nurses, to a certain sense. But I got to tell you, my experience with nurses, maybe it's just New England, but nurses are badass, man. Like nurses get shit done. And I don't think it's just New England because I know nurses everywhere else. So I'm not trying to compare anything to anything else. But for me, I feel like when we have clients as nurses and when they show up and everything, nurses have a good way of like, like I can do this. I can make this happen. But I would lump like dog trainers, vets, all of these people that are in these professions with animals where it's really taxing at times. It's really not easy at times. It's really difficult at times. Uh, You don't have the answer all times. Like it's really hard. And then on top of that, we're all attacking each other, which isn't helping the cause either. But if you're in a profession like that, where you just feel like, oh, I got no more to give. I don't even want to smile at anyone anymore. Look at compassionate inquiry. I think it's important. Okay. This was one. I said, learn the phrase, I can't. Um, and yes, I can't is different than I'm not willing to. Like you can, you, you don't say I can't speak French. If you want to speak French, learn to, but you need to be able to say, if someone says, I need you to do this for me today, say, no, I can't. Like I, I can't do that today and make that boundary because that is something that by just saying yes, by just people pleasing, whether it be in a marriage and a business and a professional relationship, whatever it is, just people pleasing is not helping someone to like really hear what you're saying. And sometimes you need to put yourself first. So be able to say like, I can't. Personally, I didn't sleep great last night. If you want to go through my sleep scores, I, I was in the 60s last night for my new ring. I've gotten up to the 70s. I had 140s night. I didn't feel like totally coming today when Scott was out working because it's finally cool enough to be in the car, but I did because I want to show up for you guys. So be conscious of what you say I can't to, but be sure that you're able to say I can't because I can't is an important thing to say. I just can't right now. I just can't watch that program right now. I just can't hear about that world tragedy right now. I just can't see that client right now. Can you go in and prep them for me? Figure out what works for you. And that goes into boundaries like I was talking about. So Scott and I have made a lot of tweaks to our business over the years. We, you know, summer always kind of brings up this time of like, okay, everyone's vacationing and Jess is just watching everyone's dogs who vacations. And this is a pretty common thing throughout the summer. All the clients listening will laugh, but they know that this is how it is. 
On Sundays, and love all you guys listening, I'm not trying to be rude if it's you, but on Sundays, everybody would be driving back from Maine, where we now live, or New Hampshire or wherever, to come pick up their dogs. Um, We were in Salisbury at that time, you know, northern Massachusetts, Salisbury, Massachusetts. So they'd be driving back on a Sunday from their vacation. They'd want their dogs back. Three o'clock would turn into six o'clock. You know, two o'clock would turn into eight o'clock. You know, 10 o'clock would turn into Monday. We did not have lives. We were living in a dog training facility, watching everyone's dogs, trying to keep everyone cool in an industrial facility, and we couldn't even schedule a movie. So we did no pickups and drop-offs on Sunday. That was a hard rule. Start creating hard rules in your businesses. I don't care if it pisses clients off sometimes. Maybe there's exceptions for certain clients here and there, but you need to be treated with respect too. So start creating boundaries in how you deal with things and how you deal with your clients. And I swear to God, it'll make your life easier because you need to be able to have some, no, this is actually your responsibility. I'll take care of my responsibility, but this is a boundary. Like this is not how it works here. You could go and dog train somewhere else. You can go board somewhere else. You can go podcast somewhere else, but this is a boundary I'm creating. So if you're feeling super burnt and you don't have any boundaries with your employees, with your clients, all of that kind of thing, start creating boundaries that will make you feel better. All right, go within. This is a good one. (laughs) So, um, we talk about a lot of stuff that we've done deep on the podcast. Again, maybe we'll do a How to Heal podcast based on canine healing here in a few weeks because we've done a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of deep modalities between us individually and the two of us. But go within. It's so easy to be like, Chrissy is such a bitch. She showed up late and I needed to start and now I'm all screwed up. No, she has nothing to do with me starting. And Chrissy happened to walk in at 11 and she wasn't late. But just because I'm in a nasty mood and now I'm going to nitpick her and I'm going to start the podcast in a shitty mood myself, that's not fair. That's not the case of things. Whatever Chrissy does, if Chrissy didn't show up, I would walk downstairs and say, hey, she's not here. Can you guys produce? You guys need to be accountable for your own actions. So sometimes it's important just to go within and say like, what's really going on here? How am I really feeling here? And everything else, because it's scary sometimes to go within. Scott and I talk about floating with a lot of different people. And I cannot tell you the amount of people that have been like, uh, I would do anything, but stay alone in a room or in a water tank myself. Like they don't want to be alone with their thoughts. So going within, while it can be scary, do it guided if you need to and everything else, but go within super important. Monitor your behavior. This is a good one. So when I was first uh, having sleep trouble, it was like, oh, keep a sleep log, keep a sleep log, da, 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 da. Well, because of dogs and because of how I deal with things and everything else, like I know what I did, if how my stress level is, everything else. I love this thing because it's monitoring my behavior of my heart rate, of my readiness, of my REM sleep, of all this other stuff. So I know the Apple Watch does some of this too, but I do like the readiness scale for me because it does help me be like, okay, yes, you could go, you know, test your mile today and see how fast you are. Or no, maybe don't go to the gym till tomorrow. So monitoring your behavior, not just for your dog, but for yourself. And it's not just about regulating what you're eating and your weight and you're working out and everything else, but just monitor your behavior. Make sure you feel like, okay, I feel worse when this happens. And if it's just that you only feel good on vacation once a year for five to seven days and the rest of your life is really tricky, then maybe tweak what happens at home more. Um, I do want to say something about monitoring behavior too. I'm almost finished with the things you can do, but I'm really, I really am trying to sit up here and help people. I mean, everybody knows that we've been doing this for 
quite as some time now. We're coming up on 150th episode. I try to be pretty active on the online dog community about being supportive and everything else. And I hear and I see a lot of us are burnt out. Like I, I get it. And it's not just in dogs. It's in life. It's in the world. I totally understand it. But in case that doesn't go anywhere, monitor the behaviors that make you feel better. So for instance, like I like to do puzzles again. I did puzzles when I was a kid. It is a mindful thing for me to be able to be like, oh, I'm running really hot right now. I'm going to go sit and do my puzzle for a while. Scott likes to draw. Scott likes to grow different vegetables and garden and stuff. Like find behaviors that soothe you and make you feel better, but they're also healthy. They're not just going for the supersized, you know, thing at McDonald's and they're not just, you know, going for the fifth of bourbon or whatever the hell you drink. I don't care. But find behaviors that do soothe you, that make you feel better, but they're restorative and they're actually going to be enhancing your health, not lessening it. And then the last thing I want to say, and um, oh no, I'm going to say two more things. Okay. So another thing that I just want to mention, and this happens a lot in a vet's office or a dog training client consult or anything else, is it's just, you're giving this narrative, right? Of my dog's really scared of this, or I just can't do that, or I'm having such a bad day right now, or the world's such a hard place to be, and America will never be the same, or the economy's going into the shitter, whatever it is, whatever, I know that you're not all saying those things at the vet's office, but these are all phrases that we just may say. They may become our mantras. Um, not our mantras, but they're, they're almost becoming a mantra because you're saying it so frequently. Whatever you say, you hear and your body interprets and it becomes reality. So be careful of what you're saying. I'm not saying hide your shit, but rather than say like, oh, I slept terrible last night when you walk in somewhere, walk in and say, hey, your hair looks great today and see how that changes things. Because I'm telling you guys, if you are sitting there and you're constantly saying this narrative of, well, this is just how I am and this is just how New England is and this is just how life is and I just can't do this because I have generalized anxiety and I just can't do this because, you know, I was an only child. If you start doing all that, like you're just limiting yourself. So watch the narrative you're saying, not only silently to yourself, but that you're speaking to others others into the world. And lastly, schedule time. You guys schedule your time. I I understand that it is tricky out there. I understand that I do not have two little kids and a nine to five or an eight to seven job. Some of you work like I understand I'm not in the same boat, but you need to schedule time like kind of what Mel was talking about. Have something to look forward to tomorrow. Okay. I have a massage next week. Okay. I have coffee with this friend next week. Okay. I'm going to go on the lake this week. Even if it's just for a couple hours, you don't have to go away for the weekend, but schedule time to do things that are restorative for you. And if going with your husband and the kids right now is stressful, go with yourself for two hours. It's okay. Don't take on this guilt of, you know, fur mom guilt or mom guilt or dad guilt or boss guilt or anything else. Like don't start internalizing all this guilt. Schedule your time. So you feel like, okay, not only am I going to be able to do this, but I'm going to feel better doing it rather than going to the gym every morning at four and then working out and just running yourself into the ground, schedule restorative time. So I know that it is tricky out there. I know that things are rocky. I know that this profession is not easy. Christy, did I answer my three questions from show notes? I just want to make sure. I know I went through, um, I went through how to help your clients. Really how to help your clients is just by imparting these types of things together. Did I miss anything from the three? Okay. All right. If you guys have any questions about any of this or uh, you have any feedback on what your ring sleep numbers are, anything else, feel free to always email us at studio at the We have 
literally a great lineup coming up for fall. I'm super excited about the whole thing. Um, the last of Noel's series will be the first of September, and then we have a lot of exciting people the rest of the year. But in the meantime, take care of yourselves. Show compassion towards yourselves. Show compassion to your family. And, of course, keep it quirky. <laughs> Bye, guys. See you next week. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.